Hello and welcome to the Business Aviation Collective podcast. Today we get the chance to talk with Nathan Shelley. He's a great conversationalist and has an incredibly interesting story. Stay tuned to hear more about how the self-proclaimed plane nerd got his start in aviation. He also tells us about a great nonprofit called Wings of Love, which helps provide assistance for children who have lost a parent in an aviation accident. We hope you enjoy this story as much as we did. This podcast is produced by Business Aviation Collective and sponsored by LD Aviation. Hello and welcome, Nathan. Very happy to have you on our podcast today. Appreciate your time. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, Nathan, um, I think to first of all, I just want to get an idea of um, your background. How did you come into, how did you get into aviation and what you're doing now? So I've always kind of been a plane nerd. I'm the kind of guy who likes to go to the, go at the airport and, you know, watch airplanes and stuff like that. And I actually, the first 10 years out of high school, I spent as a paramedic on the ambulance. And uh, we used to go park next to the airport and watch the airplanes. And, and you know, I was kind of at a, at a point in my career where I was like, you know, do I do I explore this? So I kind of explored, you know, the pilot route and then I explored the operations route. And I really fell in love with operations and, you know, the dispatch piece of it. And, and there was so much to it other than people just getting in the plane and, and you know, the pilots flying. There was a completely different piece of it. And, and it, it, it excited me. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it got sparked. I uh, went to a local community college and, and studied through their dispatch program there. And uh, actually, while I was in that program, I got picked up at my current employer. So um, this is, you know, I've been with my uh, current employer, um, my first aviation job, and I've really just grown at this company. And, and you know, that's that's it. Plain nerds where it started. That's right. That's awesome. So you got your dispatch license. Um, how many years ago then was that? So um, so the dispatch license. So I went through the program in 2005. So, um, yeah, so. Um, that was uh, back when we had a program at our local community college and, uh, you know, it was part of their pilot development program. So half the guys and it was a little different back then because it was like an academic plan where, you know, you went through the classes with the pilots, which really kind of gave me a real good understanding of some of the basics of knowledge that you need as a dispatcher and everything. That's great. And I bet you could kind of get some of the lingo, too, because some of that lingo um, on the dispatch side might be different from the pilot side, but if you know both sides, you're able to talk to them well. Well, well yeah, and, and I find that even, you know, even being so long ago, being 18 years ago, I mean, you know, learning, you know, things like, you know, the different ILS approaches and how to read those plates and learning that stuff with the pilots and everything, I felt like gave me a little bit of an advantage when it came to things like that. So it was really, uh, it, it was definitely, I found the program to be very advantageous in that format. Excellent. Sounds good. Can you tell us a little bit about what are all the different things you've done with your current employer now? So I'm I'm kind of uh you know, I've kind of been pigeonholed. I mean, I, I started out as a flight planner. I you know, I moved into a um senior flight planning role and then a master flight planning role, um, and then moved into leadership of the same department. So I'm homegrown. So my first aviation job, I grew up on the team as a flight planner dispatcher. And then now I manage the team that I grew up on. So it's uh, it's real special for me because I've been at the company for so long and everything. But definitely that's kind of what I did. Uh, and then, you know, I started doing some speaking. 
uh, I uh, go out and do some face-to-face training with clients. Um, you know, they started they started using me in, in the realm because, you know, I do like to speak and I do like to meet face-to-face with folks. So they started using me in that realm. And uh, we've just gone from there. That's wonderful. What is your favorite thing to speak about? So I, I can talk flight planning all day long and, yeah. and, and training people to do flight planning, be it, you know, whether it's a new hire or, you know, our online flight planning platform. I like to talk about weather, too, but uh, but uh, flight planning is definitely, you know, one of my favorites. Well, that's awesome, because I think that's an important piece uh, for a scheduler dispatcher, because there's not a lot of that I find a lot of training programs out there. And I think sometimes as schedulers, dispatchers, we're a little bit nervous about, well, how do we file flight plans? But if you if you've got your your dispatch license and you're interested in it, there are companies that allow and and use their dispatchers as flight planners. And I think that's awesome that you guys teach. So you have quite a few good teaching resources too. Right. And we do. And and Universal has got a, uh, you know, a great uh, program too in-house that we do an in-house dispatch program. Not, not a shameless plug on that, but we do. And we have a lot of resources to not only our clients, but the schedulers and dispatchers community, which is what, what which is what's great and, and, and what we love about being who we are as a company. So. You bet. I've taken that class a couple of times. But... Hey, awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my dispatcher license with Universal, but I've definitely taken that for current a couple of times. Gary Martin does a great job. Oh, no. Gary Martin is a fantastic presenter. In fact, you know, um, him and I, you know, talk at least once or twice a week. You know, he's he's very involved with the schedulers and dispatchers. Um, this was actually my first year to present at schedulers and dispatchers. So not only I was kind of it was kind of an exciting year because not only was I awarded the scholarship, I actually um, got to present um, in one of the sessions. So I was happy, very happy about that. Good schedulers and dispatchers year in Nashville this year. So that was great. Yeah, that was good. But that is a perfect segue into the next part part of this, your scholarship. I would love to know uh, what are you going to do with the scholarship? So this, so right, so my scholarship that you know, I you 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 kind of rank them in one, two, and three, but the the NBWA ATS training scholarship is a special opportunity because those are guys in the command center that are liaising for all of us in business aviation, um, a resource that we use on a regular basis. Um, you know, and, and we know a lot from talking to them. It's so educational to talk to those guys on the phone. You know, and and it's something you don't understand, and it's somebody it's something that I tell my flight planners. I'm like, please use this resource. This is we're subscribers to this. These guys are are wonderful, and and Dean and his crew up there, they're they're all wonderful. So I get to go train um, for a week with them in the command center and, and learn all of those pieces and and parts of aviation that that affect us as corporate operators, that affect the national airspace system as a whole. So, and that's things that I'll get to bring back to my team and and do some side training with and everything. So I'm super excited. I mean, I love Washington, D.C. and that area up there, but I'm super excited about getting to go to the command center for a week um, and do some training. So that would be awesome. That's a really great resource. We use it as well and super good resource. Now, I think there's a lot of people actually who don't even know what that resource does. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what the resource? Is? Sure. Um, the, so, so the so the NBWA Air Traffic Services Desk. I mean, those guys up there—they're the liaison for general aviation operators across the United States, housed inside the command center. Now, before the the you know the the GA desk, as we used to call it, or ATS, 
a lot of those decision-making and that collaborative decision-making was based just on the airlines, just on the big stakeholders and things like that. And then the NBAA was like, hey, we're we're a piece of this too. And, and they started putting people uh, in-house up there, which really opened up just so many great opportunities for GA folks. I mean, you know, before you get an edict, before there was the GA desk and ATS services, you'd get an edict and it's like, what do you do? Now I can pick up the phone and call them and be like, what do I do? And they're like, here's what you do. Or they will go to bat for you as a general aviation operator and go to the tactical route advisor and, and I say, plead your case or beg them, you know, hey, you know, I've got a guy on the ground that's got a three hour delay. Is there anything you can do? Sometimes they can. Sometimes they can't, but, you know, they, they have always just been a, a fantastic resource for general aviation and, and, you know, something that was needed and was identified and it's just, it's flourished in what they do. That's awesome. And for those who are listening that may not really know what this is, it's a subscription-based program through the MBAA. They send out emails that go out in the morning and the evening of a general kind of idea of what's happening in the country, where are their slowdowns, which ATC facilities might have personnel issues, like staffing issues, et cetera. And it, it's a really great resource. That's a wonderful scholarship. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, I, I kind of find the GA desk is one of those non-disposable resources I have, like, you know, a pilot may have his E6B or his flight computer when he's training. I mean, it's just, it's an invaluable resource. It's something that I couldn't imagine doing what we do in the industry now without something like that. So, yeah, I totally agree. So, Let's kind of focus a little bit more on the future. I'm going to kind of ask some questions about technology. I'm sure that you use a lot of technology in your job on a day-to-day basis, more and more and different ones uh, all the time. Where do you see us going general aviation-wise as far as technology? Anything out there that you love? Well, I mean, you know, and I say that, you know, I've been in the industry long enough now that we've seen, you know, we've seen that, you know, the change in codes and the advent of PBN and RNAV and, and, you know, CPDLC and things like that, where, you know, everything's done by computer now. And it's moving into that next generation where, you know, where it's, you know, the computers are talking to each other. You talk about things like ADSB and it's just like I said, in, in the past 18 years, I've seen technology grow so much in what we do. You know, guys get in the cockpit and and they're not having to manually punch in a 12 hour flight plan. They're punching in a four digit code and it's loading the fuel burns and, and all of that stuff into the FMS. And, and really and honestly, it's I mean, you know, it's it's just so technology based now. But, you know, you know, we're developing things at our company that are making, you know, clients and general operators lives easier and things like that so i just i mean honestly i just see us moving i mean as if we weren't technologically advanced now i am very excited about what the 10 the next 10 or 20 years brings i can't retire for another 25 years so i mean we may be so super high tech in 25 years that i mean you know there's no telling so i just it's it's great to be on the cusp of that technology yep i totally agree Super exciting things coming down the road. Let's go maybe to some more general questions. Like, how about any trends that you're seeing or that you're seeing in, as far as maybe number of flights that you're doing? Are you growing? Are you guys getting busier? So, you know, definitely the pandemic was quite an interesting thing. Um, I came in after 9-11, which was an industry big slowdown. And then there was the recession. 
you know, of, of I believe, 2008, where everybody kind of dialed back on their flight departments. And then there was, wow, there was the pandemic, which I really just changed the face of our industry. But we made it through and we're seeing unprecedented volumes and growth. And not only like aircraft sales, because, you know, these these execs decided, well, we really don't want to fly first class because we might get sick. So let's buy an airplane. So if there was any question about, you know, aircraft sales and growth, I've seen that that increase. But leg over leg and year over year since I say that we've come out of this pandemic and, and you know, things have come out, just the volumes are, are the pent up volume is insane. Um, you know, it, you know, Europe with China opening back up. And, and, you know, operators are, you know, going back to China, places that have been closed for three years. Russia airspace is its thing altogether, non-pandemic related. One day they'll open that back up. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, and operators have had to become creative with things like that, you know, with the geopolitical considerations of, of, of areas like Russia. A flight that you could normally do from Tokyo to London in 10 hours in a long-range aircraft, you're now having to go south through India and Pakistan and Zerbajian and things like that. So you're having to be creative and stretch your legs a little bit on the airplane, but they've made it work. But no, the the growth, the growth and the forecasted growth, I think, for our industry is just, it's unbelievable. And, and it's exciting to be a part of this industry. Yep, totally agree. We've seen similar, just all sorts of trips. We went from zero to a thousand over the last yeah, couple of years. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. So if there was one or two pieces of advice you might give to a scheduler dispatcher who's interacting with you on uh, your job, maybe talking about a flight plan or perhaps some routing question, what would you tell them that would maybe make the interaction better? So I'm a big communicator, and I think communication is key in our industry. And, and, and not as much, you know, and I know that sounds like a generalized statement, but you never can communicate and collaborate too much with what we do, especially being a third party service provider. I want to, I'm going to be intimately familiar with your aircraft and your operations, and I want you to feel that you can come to me and collaborate about things like that. Be familiar with things like the national airspace system and how it affects your operations and allows you to get ahead of things before things snowball like if you're operating from the from the east coast to florida during spring break know that jacksonville center will probably go into an airspace flow program which is going to cause you guys to get some delays but know how to route out of it and know that the faa gives you ways to get out of that and then just know your aircraft and know your aircraft equipment i mean we're getting so advanced with with airspace and things these days and, and airspaces that are requiring certain pieces of equipment and, and you have to be on, you know, this airway with this particular RNAV or, or things like that. Just know your aircraft and your equipment. And and, and for, for things that get, if you're doing them in-house, um, you know, just make sure that you're educated and you're familiar with those things. But if you are using a third-party service provider, Make sure you're leaning on those guys because those guys have lots of experience in, in things that you may not. And, you know, I love having conversations with not only pilots, but schedulers and dispatchers that are like, we didn't know that. We're happy we had this phone call. And it's it's teaching because at the end of the day, it's a partnership, right? We want every trip to be successful, um, no matter whether you're doing it in-house completely or you're leaning on somebody else to do it contract-wise or service provider-wise. So communicate and know your equipment. Agree. I totally agree that the service, the third party service provider, 
I, I want more and more uh, schedulers and dispatchers to realize that that's part of the team. You're right. Whether you're doing most of it in-house, you're still probably going to be using a service provider for something. And yeah, make them be part of your team. Yeah, you guys are great. Do a great job. Okay, I'm going to switch back a little bit to the scholarship, the scholarship, I guess, process. How did you find that scholarship process? What did you have to do? Uh, was it hard? Because if I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of scholarships out there. And sure. we have less people going after them than what we could. Have. Right. And, it, and it's crazy. It's crazy that you mentioned that because I didn't know about it. I've been in the industry for 18 years. I didn't know about it until a committee member came to me and said, hey, there are all these scholarships out here to apply for. And I was like, and I got on there and I started exploring and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, it's like, which one do you apply for? Because, you know, you have certain goals in your career on what you want to do at everything, but you're like, where am I at now and what benefits me the most? So, you know, I did the application. You know, you pick which scholarship you want. You have to, you write a little essay about how, how it connects with the year of NBAA. And this year, you know, schedulers and dispatchers, which was a little bit of country and, and community. So I, it was real exciting to talk about that and how I felt that the scholarship that I was applying for worked into community because the aviation community, especially the business aviation community, is such a small niche industry. And like, you know, I go to these conventions and we meet people and I'm like, wow, I've been talking to you on the phone for 18 years. It's so nice to meet you in person. They're like, I expected you to be shorter. And I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> no, look, I'm very tall. So but but anyways, so I did that. I um, also approached a couple of uh, a couple of colleagues that, uh, that uh, wrote me recommendation letters for that. And then got all that submitted by the deadline. And it really wasn't it wasn't heavy. It it, it really wasn't something that, that you that took five or six hours to do. But, you know, got it all submitted. And I remember, you know, December the 8th, I was I was actually uh, at a industry fundraising event in California. And I got the phone call from the committees that I had been awarded the scholarship. So I was super excited about that. And I said, it just made it just made schedulers and dispatchers even sweeter this year because I had already been approached several months before to present. So um, it, it was a, it was a great year. It was a great year. Wow, that's wonderful. That's a great story. Do you think you will? You already mentioned that you're going to bring back the information to your team. So you'll be able to kind of spread the wealth through that. I guess you talked about community and how that was a big piece of S&D. I also see here you've done a bunch of community outreach. You've done a lot of volunteer work. Want to tell us a little bit about that? It's like you sure. have youth in here. Yeah, so, so right. So I've always been kind of the guy that, that loved to volunteer work and everything. At, at 16, I was a, a Red Cross volunteer with the disaster services, and I, and I did first aid and CPR training and, and, you know, did things like that. And then I got old enough and I did some volunteer firefighter. Um, I volunteered with our our local court system here in Harris County. And then, you know, just, just different opportunities to, to give back to the community. And, and that's what I, you know, I kind of love about, you know, the business aviation community is, is now I'm involved with an organization that I feel like all my volunteer work has has actually like helped me with. It's called Wings of Love, and uh, Wings of Love is actually they're a nonprofit, and it's actually two of my two of my colleagues that started this organization. And what they do is they provide financial support as an organization to children who have lost parents in aviation related accidents. So, um, 
So uh, that uh, that that's actually the event that I was in California for was a, a fundraiser event for them. And I'm going to do some uh, I'm getting hooked up with doing some speaking at some local schools and stuff about aviation and business aviation, in particular, as a career, because, you know, these kids don't know. They're like, oh, we want to be an airline pilot. I mean, that's great and wonderful. But there's so much more to do in the aviation industry, be it. Being a mechanic, being a dispatcher, a scheduler, things like that. And and me, because I was that kid that grew up and was like, I want to be an airline pilot. But then you find out that there's so much more that you can do in this industry. And you're like, so many choices now. So uh, yeah. definitely community and giving back is a huge thing for me, especially now that there I have outlets to do it in our industry. So I think that's great. I love that you go into the schools and stuff, because I think I am totally agreeing with you that. The kids in schools, these days, they, all they know is airline pilot. And that's just wonderful. The more, even if you can touch one or two of those kids that say, hey, I'm going to be a pilot, but I don't have to go the commercial airline route, or I want to be a dispatcher. I think that's wonderful. Cool. Did you want to talk a little bit about the program or give out uh, contact information in case anybody wanted to look into the nonprofit, the Wings of Love, sure. the website uh, we could look at? Yeah, sure. Uh, website for for the Wings of Love is wingsofloveaviation.org, which has got a lot of uh, great information about our, our organization and what they do and the stories behind some of the families and stuff that... Uh, you know, and again, our founder is one of my colleagues and, and she has a, you know, she personally uh, experienced an aviation community loss of of her brother. So, you know, that's, you know, that's the big driver. And, and you know, it just helps so many people. And, and really, it, it brings people to, together as an aviation community when, when you see just the people that, that give and pour their heart into things like this. So definitely something as far as uh, like dispatch training and stuff, Universal does offer our dispatch program, the schedulers and dispatchers. We're also doing the essentials of scheduling and dispatchers um, things at usually the shows. And you can just visit us at universalweatheranaviation.com. And uh, that uh, dispatch information is on there. It's a great program. Wonderful. Great. Well, Nathan, thank you so much. That was great information and really good to get to know you better. Congratulations on your scholarship. Thank that you very like much. Be a blast. I will conclude the rest of this podcast again saying thank you, and we hope to uh, speak with you again soon. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes. And check out our website for up-and-coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective, sponsored by LD Aviation.